Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 10th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic daily.com and we're going to be doing uh, a couple of quick kind of recap things as we uh, uh, a few days ago I did my third quarter recap of the season uh, talking about some of the big questions the Magic had to answer so today we'll ask the big questions that the Magic have to have to answer for the final quarter of the season as well as talk a little bit about Aaron Gordon and how he has seemed to be unleashed and unlocked at the power forward position but of course first we do have a game on Friday the Orlando Magic taking on the Charlotte Hornets up at the Spectrum Center um, uh, on Friday night. It is at 7 p.m., uh, of course, on Fox Sports Florida, if you're in Orlando, League Pass, if you're everywhere else. Um, going to be an interesting game. Uh, the Magic have not matched up well with Charlotte at all this season. Charlotte's dominated both meetings to this point. Uh, but the Hornets are a team that's really struggling right now. Uh, I, I joked, uh, they, were out, they were out west um, a while back, a few weeks back, and I you know, they lost, and they, they've lost a lot of games in a row. I mean, you look at their, their schedule right now. Uh, you know, let me pull that up, actually. Uh, so bear with me here as I look this up. Um, when you look at their schedule, it seemed like Charlotte was going to roll and, and be fine and, and make the playoffs, and I, I still consider them a playoff team, but they're certainly struggling, and it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs this year. They're currently 11th in the Eastern Conference. Um, but when you look at how their season has gone has gone on, it's very eerily similar to how the Magic season went last year. Uh, at the turn of the new year, they were 19 and 15. They've gone nine in 21 since then. They had a five. They had a seven game. They had a stretch where they lost 12 of 13 games and 13 of 15 games. Uh, that actually ended not so long ago, about two weeks ago. So. This Hornets team is really, 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 really struggling. And it's hard to say why, because they're still pretty good defensively. 104.9 defensive rating is 8th in the league. Uh, they have a positive net rating, plus 0.5. The answer to this to, to Char- the Charlotte riddle so far this season is they have just lost almost every close game that they've been in, it feels like. Uh, every close game just does not come out their way. According to NBA.com, uh, the Hornets are currently... Again, looking this up as I'm talking here, so excuse the delay. The Hornets are currently 17-24 to in games that are within five points in the final five minutes. Not not great, not completely terrible, but not good. Um, the Magic, for the record, are 14-17, and so the Magic are better in close games, theoretically. Uh, the Hornets' win percentage in these close games is 24th in the league, so they're not good at closing games for some reason. This is essentially the same team that they had last year. Kemba Walker, Nicholas Batum, Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller. Uh, uh, they lost Al Jefferson, lost Jeremy Lin, but this is a team that should still be very good defensively, and Steve Clifford is a very good defensive coach, and their net rating uh, in games this year would also really suggest that, yeah, they 
they should be better than their record indicates. And I think they are better than their record indicates. I think that this is a still a good Charlotte team, and if, if they can get some wins together, they can make a push to get back into the playoff picture. But again, the issues remain with Charlotte. They're really good defensively, pretty mediocre on offense, and, and I think what the, the Charlotte Hornets test case is doing this year, the Hornets are um, 15th in the league in offensive rating. So, I mean, 15th in the league in offensive rating, 8th in the league in defensive rating, that should get you into the playoffs. Essentially, that's what the Magic had in mind. I mean, uh, I know back in December when when Charlotte came to Orlando, uh, you can go back and listen to the Orlando Magic Daily podcast for this go, if, by going back through our archives on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you can download podcasts. Um, I spoke to uh, Hive Talk Live, and, and we and I asked, you know, how did the Hornets kind of build where they're at? Because because the, the Magic were kind of following the same building model that the Hornets did, just kind of build from the middle. Never really hit on any big draft picks, never really got the, the superstar draft pick, uh, but continue to add nice pieces, carve an identity, and, and make the playoffs and, and have the opportunity to get better. That's what the Hornets did, essentially, for a very, very long time, and, and that's what the Hornets um, succeeded with. Uh, and, and there was no reason to think that they, they couldn't do it this year, and for whatever reason, they haven't been able to do it this year. I mean, you look at... Again, their net rating is 0.5. That is 12th in the league. Essentially, net rating, the difference between offensive rating and defensive rating, is usually seen as a pretty good barometer of where a team is supposed to be. Um, and so if your 0.5 net rating is 12th in the league, that's the... I'm actually going to count this now. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6th best net rating in the in the Eastern Conference. They should be a playoff team. So why they're not a playoff team is is really quite baffling. Uh, and so this is, a, a, again, the Hornets just they haven't been able to get wins. Um, even against teams like the Magic, they, they just haven't been able to get wins. Uh, and, and that's ultimately what matters. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I'll bring a Northwestern reference in here. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald would always tell the media, stats are for losers. Um, you know, the, you, you don't win the game on paper. You don't win the game on a math formula. It's about lining up against the team right next to you and, and scoring one more point than they do. And the Hornets have struggled with that. Uh, and I, I imagine all the stat heads are, are out there trying to figure out why are the Hornets losing basketball games? Why can't the Hornets win? Um, and it's a big question. I mean, Marvin Williams has taken a bit of a step back. They've lost a little bit. Cody Zeller's been in and out of the lineup with injury. He's back now. Um, Kaminsky's been okay. Uh, it, it's it's really, really, really baffling. Um, this is the, I mean, I, I joked with a couple writers uh, the other day who needs to play the other one more here? Orlando, does Orlando need to play Charlotte or does Charlotte need to play Orlando as kind of a, oh, a struggling team that you can pick on a little bit and get a win? Um, Orlando coming off a win, they haven't been able to put back-to-back wins together since December 26th. That's, that's, that's a long-sided statistic uh, that, that I've been using. Um, but uh, th- this is, again, another opportunity to do so because the Hornets have really struggled. You get them in a close game and they're going to get tight. Having said that, they have Kimball Walker, and, and that does give them the advantage. They're going to have the best player on the floor. Um, and, and even against Chicago, it, it always felt like if Jimmy Butler could get himself going, the Magic were going to lose that game to the Chicago Bulls on Wednesday. Um, obviously, you, you never know. You can't really predict these things completely uh, at the end of the day. Um, but this is an opportunity for Orlando. This is an opportunity to get a win to, to play a struggling team to you know maybe take advantage of a, a weak spot in the schedule for them uh, but they're gonna have to do their work too they're gonna have to break down a defense that 
is very good. This is a very good Charlotte Hornets defense. They'll keep themselves in the game. Orlando's got to get out on transition. They got to get stops themselves, which obviously they've been doing at a lot better rate. But you know, even even then, it's not uh, always the, the cleanest thing in the world. Uh, just taking a look at post All Star break stats, just so that that you have another picture of how Charlotte's done. Charlotte's actually been pretty good since the All Star break. Four and four, one hundred eight five offensive rating, one hundred seven defensive rating. 13th in the league in net rating since the All-Star break. Orlando is 16th at uh, at even 0-0. And so that's just another sign that the Magic are playing better basketball uh, and giving themselves a better chance to win these games. Uh, so uh, I, take, I take that as a positive sign for Orlando moving forward here. Um, going to be an interesting game, to say the least. I, I do think Charlotte... Um, it's been a tricky matchup for Orlando for whatever reason. Uh, some of it's just just where Orlando was at when they faced them. I think Orlando's in a better place facing them this time around, uh, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Orlando can can continue this role that they've been on. Um, they've been on a good roll um, three and four since the All Star break. Um, they've been on a good roll, plenty of opportunities to win three and four, three and five since the All Star break. I apologize. Um, uh, and and we'll see if uh, they can get that consecutive win they've been after for so long. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Okay, let's now dive into our main topic for today, and that is going to be the five questions the Orlando Magic face in the season's final quarter. We're already about three or four games. The final quarter of the season started last week against Miami, uh, so a couple games into it already. Um it's going to be an interesting final quarter to the season. I don't think we can escape that reality that um, Orlando is probably out of the playoff picture. I mean, we pretty much knew that already. Uh, and so they don't have meaningful games to play. Yet, I think everyone senses that this is a big... A, it's going to be another big offseason for Orlando. And I think in a different way than it was last year. Um, the team isn't giving up on its playoff goals for 2018, and so if they're going to keep any of these players on the roster, they're still trying to learn some things. They're trying to figure out who do we keep, how do we build, how do we keep growing, or how do we get growing again, because it, it's looking like Orlando's going to take a step back in the win column from last year's 35-win season. Um, it, it's not necessarily so important who's in charge of that quite yet. Uh, that's that's a question for you know maybe later in April. Uh, but let's go through some questions that uh, the Orlando Magic need to answer. The big one is, will the Orlando Magic continue to put an effort to win games? Um, I do, I, I've talked about this at length on the podcast uh, to an annoying degree. I, I, I apologize to any listeners who are tired of me kind of giving this take, so I'll repeat it very, very briefly and kind of move on here. The Orlando Magic are in a position right now where, yes, they're fourth in lottery odds. They could certainly use a good draft pick in this draft. Uh, and the way the lottery odds are bunched up right now, you win too many games, you could easily end up 8th or ninth. And yeah, I get it. That's a much different player than what you can get at 4 or 5. Four or five. 
then again, it's a lottery. You don't know where where the ping pong balls are going to land. You're just kind of giving yourself the best odds at, at getting a good um, a good pick there. But having said that, the Magic do intend to try and win in 2018. They do try and tend to win and make the playoffs in 2018. And with that being the case, with some of the players on their roster, it does not benefit them to try to lose games. Uh, 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 in all likelihood, their talent is not enough to win the majority of their games. And that's a talent upgrade issue that they'll have to deal with this summer. But when you're up 11 at home in the fourth quarter, you need to win the game. That's always been my point. It's it's not that I, I I'm not anti tank I'm not the anti tank crowd I I do think that there are you know there is something there there's obviously an impetus and, and a benefit to it and it makes logical sense but it doesn't do Aaron Gordon any good it doesn't do Alfred Payton any good to be in a close game and just pack it in and lose close losses don't teach them how to win. And ultimately, if the Magic want to accomplish their goals in 2018, which is to make the playoffs, because the Magic aren't rebuilding. They are not doing a complete teardown again. They're going forward with some of these players. If the Magic intend to win, these players need to learn how to win. And every little experience they get of closing out close games is important. And so winning against Chicago on Wednesday was really nice. And losing to, to Washington the way they lost, giving up a big lead in the third quarter, isn't nice. Uh, or losing to New York the way they lost isn't good. Now, if it's a close game, if it's like a four or five point game throughout, throughout, and, and the Magic just lose because they they got beat or they get out executed or they miss a shot, that's fine. You can live with that. But to be up seventeen in the third quarter to celebrate losing that game, I. I I personally don't think that benefits. I don't think that benefits anybody. Uh, and so, yes, the Magic will continue to try and win games, and I think it's important that they do. Next, will Terrence Ross be part of the Ma- Magic's future of making the playoffs? Terrence Ross, uh, since coming over, has has been. Uh, you know, there's definitely a little bit of excitement about what he can bring because he is a different kind of player. Uh, Terrence Ross uh, is really fast. I mean, he's he's much quicker. I think a lot of us anticipated he's got uh, some good in-between game, um, better passer than than a lot of us anticipated. I, I've been really impressed with his passing. Um, but all the issues that Toronto Raptors fans told us, oh, you know, watch out for this with Terrence Ross, those still exist. Terrence Ross is still really inconsistent as a shooter. They're trying to get on the ball a little bit more, trying to get him involved and see if he can be kind of a first option. It, it's not looking like he can do that consistently. You know, maybe he does it a little bit better than, than Evan Fournier can. I think the jury's still out on that. But in essence, he is what he kind of was in Toronto. A, a sec a third or fourth option guy he can help spread the floor, attack a little attack at times, put up some big games on occasion when you when you put him in the right situations with the right people around him. Uh, but probably not a whole lot more than that. I know some people wanted to make the Tracy McGrady comparison, but he hasn't ever really reached that level. He hasn't really taken his game up to another level. The rest of this season for the Magic should certainly be spent trying to figure out if he can be a little bit more. Um, they are giving him the ball a little bit more. He is doing different things than he did in Toronto. He is being asked to do to do some some more kind of starish stuff. And 
whether he succeeds or not at that is going to be good information for the Magic to have. Um, if he is, say, comparable to Evan Fournier in any way, he is a cheaper he's a cheaper version of Evan Fournier at this moment, um, contractually, uh, and probably you know a better three point shooter at the end of the day. Uh, Ross is still kind of figuring things out and still getting his, his sea legs under him and getting comfortable. He's had some big games. He's had some games where he's really struggled. It's kind of just been Terrence Ross. And, and so I think watching Terrence Ross and how the Magic develop him is going to be uh, a big question the rest of the way. The next question, will Mario Azonia get more minutes? We're already seeing that, yes, he will. He's averaging somewhere around 20, 22 minutes per game. Uh, yes, adding C.J. Watson back into the rotation is kind of cut into his minutes a little bit because they're more insistent on developing Ross at this point than they are Hazonia. Whether that's a good decision or not, I don't know. I wouldn't anticipate Mario Hazonia getting into the starting lineup. I wouldn't anticipate him uh, being uh, a, a bigger part of, of the offense, per se. Um, it would be nice maybe to see him see them run a few more plays through him, feature him a little bit more. Again, a lot of this, the rest of the season is going to be spent determining what can these players do for the Magic? What can these players do for the team's future? Hazonia is very much a part of that. He won't fall out of the rotation again. He is in the rotation to stay as a, as a small forward, at the very least backing up um, Terrence Ross there. Uh, and uh, the Magic are going to kind of let him fly a little bit with that bench unit. It, you know, uh, We have an article coming up on Orlando Magic Daily on Friday uh, a little bit more about about what Hizonia, what the Magic should probably try and do with Hizonia. Uh But it would be nice to see Hazonia get some run with the starters. Um, I, I wish Vogel would stagger his, his lineups a little bit, maybe bring Ross in with that second unit alongside Hazonia, maybe. Um, it, but get Hazonia some run with Aaron, with uh, with Evan, with Elford, with with those guys, and see if uh, if uh, he can do a little bit more than what he's done. But Hazonia's been such a such a a, a struggling piece uh, to this team. Next question, will anyone become a leader? I don't think leadership is necessarily going to be developed at this point in the season. Um, but... More than anything else, the players need to hold each other accountable to say, you know, we want to finish this season strong. We want to feel good about the direction of this team heading to the offseason. And we need to, you know, whether or not we're all going to be together in 2018, I would imagine the majority of this Magic team will still be together. And so they're going to be, they got to get their battle, you know, their, their battle camaraderie in now build that relationship and that chemistry so they can work together and build something to the future. To the future. Um, I think, honestly, something that was probably missing this last offseason when the Magic overhauled half the roster um, is they lost some of that offseason camaraderie where, you know, they worked out together. And, and it's not that they didn't work out together. You know, Serge Ibaka was, was in the Magic practice facility a lot. Um, you know, when Aaron Gordon was in town, he was here. Evan Forney was in town, he was here. I mean, everyone kind of goes their separate ways in the summer anyway. But... It would be nice to have players, you know, not necessarily a leader, but it would be nice to have players kind of holding each other accountable to say, we know we're better. We played really well to end the season. This is what we need to improve on to get where we want to go. And whoever's new to the fold, we will welcome them in and get them up to our standard or, 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 or ha- you know, get as much information from them to, uh, to, to get where we want to go. I mean, th- it's more about this team taking ownership of their expectations now and getting to their next step. 
The final question that we had is, is will the Orlando Magic change their lineups? They're obviously sticking to the small ball lineup right now, um, and it seems to be working. Uh, do the Magic kind of stick with that? Do they experiment with some other lineups? Uh, what kind of combinations do they do they go with? Do they work with? How, how do the Magic continue to grow? I mean, I guess this is the, the center of every question the Magic asks in the final quarter of the season is how do the Magic continue to grow? How do they get from 30-win team to 41-win team? Can they look like that in the final 20 games? Can they win? Honestly, can the Magic win 10 of their final 20 games? Can they be a 500 team to end the season? If they can do that, that is some serious momentum heading into the offseason. It doesn't sound like much winning half your games. Uh, But for this team with where they've been at, that would be an incredible stretch, and it would provide some hope and some optimism for the for the offseason. I mean, you look at, I mean, let's let's take a let's 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 think about this a little bit. Post All Star break, Utah Jazz two years ago, they, everyone thought they were heading to the lottery and looking for a high draft pick. They end the season last thirty games of the season. They were the best defense of the league, and everyone was like, I mean, Utah's coming. They they got something there. They they built some momentum and. If it weren't for injuries, they would have made the playoffs last year. And you look at where Utah is now, they're fourth in the West. That's that's how you build something, honestly. You 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 find an identity, you get some success, and you build on it from there. And, and the Magic haven't been able to build an identity. They haven't had much success. They, they haven't had nothing to grow from. And so finishing the season strong provides a base to grow from. They haven't they've never finished any season strong. They always say, you know, we want to finish the season strong. We want to finish the season strong. The Magic have never finished any season strong since the rebuild began. And so that's going to be a big thing to watch uh, this season. If, if the Magic are serious about 2018 playoffs, which I think they are, they've got to finish this season strong. And, and, and you know, again, I don't want to harp too much on this, but lottery position, you know, push to the side, that's a secondary goal. That's not the primary goal. And the secondary goal is kind of going against the primary goal. But the Magic would benefit, to me, more from finishing the season strong than they would from... Uh, from necessarily losing out on on a lottery pick here. Of course, I think one of the big questions that a lot of Magic fans want answered or want to know more about is Aaron Gordon and how does he fit into what the Magic are doing. Um, Aaron Gordon obviously has been a a point of concern and, and questioning for the entire season. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, obviously moving him to three was a big risk. Didn't work out perfectly. Playing him at the power forward, though, has been a benefit to him statistically. You know, for the season, he's averaging 11.6 points, 4.8 rebounds per game. He's been okay uh, in that in that arena as, as, as all season. His scoring is a career high. Um, he's done a lot of really good things. Um, His defense has been fantastic individually. So Gordon has done some good things, and I would generally say he's been better. But his fit at the small forward was always very, very uncomfortable. And with the Magic playing two bigs, they they wanted to run, but they really didn't. They really never ran. Um, You know, I know the pace numbers are a little bit weird, but their fast break points, they were averaging, what, like 13 fast break points per game. Um, they really didn't get out and transition very much. And it hurt Aaron Gordon, because now he wasn't close to the basket, whereas athleticism maybe matters a little bit more. He lost his speed and athletic advantage against other small forwards, uh, and he wasn't getting out in transition. There wasn't open court in front of him for him to use that athleticism. 
The only place we really saw his athleticism was on defense. I mean, Aaron Gordon's athleticism is his uh, uh, NBA, is his elite skill. And we saw it on defense really well, but we didn't see it anywhere else. And so moving him to power forward has unlocked a little bit more of that athleticism. For the All-Star break, Aaron Gordon was averaging 11.2 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game, shooting 42.8% from the floor. And because he was on the perimeter, 29.2% from beyond the arc. His usage rate was 19.7%. Again, career numbers for him, but not overall great. Since the All-Star break, Aaron Gordon is averaging 14.7 points per game, 6.7 rebounds per game, shooting 48.8% from the floor, 81.8% from the foul line, and his usage rate is up to 22.3%. Before the All-Star break, he had a minus 4.3 plus-minus per game. After the All-Star break, it's plus 6.7 per game. A lot of that's because the team is just playing a lot better. But even beyond those numbers, even if you look beyond those numbers, Gordon is out in transition more. He's hovering around the basket more. He's dunking more. Um, you know, there's that article from 538 um, right before the All-Star break about why Aaron Gordon wasn't dunking more. A lot of it was because he was on the perimeter. But Gordon is now displaying that athleticism. And, you know, I talked yesterday about how Alfred Payton has benefited from the Magic going to a smaller transition-based offense. Magic's are, are scoring like 19, 20 point, points per game on, on fast breaks now as opposed to 13 uh, from before the break. When I talked about Alfred Payton getting more space and being able to attack, Gordon is much the same way. He, him in transition is really dangerous. Teams have to be worried about him in transition because he will fly to the basket and score. And, and a lot of his scoring has come in transition because when he sees a slower defender on him, he'll zoom right by him. He's really good at that. And he can power his way to the basket and he can make, lay, and he can make layups and, and make dunks and finish around the basket. That's what he's good at. And it's, yeah, it's kind of a, well, duh. Of course Aaron Gordon's good at, good at this. We all knew he was a power forward anyway. And yeah, we probably all did know he was a power forward anyway. And the Magic, this is a failure of the Magic's roster construction that they did this summer. But better late than never. Better to see Aaron Gordon doing this now than never to have seen them do do this at all. And now it helps the Magic understand, okay, this is how we get the most out of Aaron Gordon. I mean, the problem with the Magic's roster before is it just it felt like too many players were running into each other, that, that, that their skills duplicated each other too much. There's still a little bit of sense of that, but they complement each other better now. It seems like players are being used to their fullest potential, that they're able to get the most out of what they do. And Aaron Gordon's a big symbol of that since the All-Star break. He really is. And I think that we'll continue to see him grow grow in this position. Now, whether that means he'll become what everyone imagines he can be, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. I, I think Aaron Gordon's future is as much a mystery as anyone else's on this team. But the end of the season has begin, begun, at least, to show Aaron doing the things that make Aaron Gordon Aaron Gordon, or made him Aaron Gordon last year when he finished the season off so well. I think that's a, that's obviously it's a good thing overall for Aaron. It's a very good thing. 
It's a good thing for the Magic, too. And it's just another sign that why weren't the Magic playing this way before? You know, Why didn't they see what seemed so obvious before? That may be a question for after the season. I want to thank everyone again for listening to Locked on Magic this week, as well as uh, today's podcast especially. If you missed any episodes this week, be sure to, to follow us on Twitter, number one, at, at Locked on Magic, as well as on Facebook, like us at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Be sure to leave us a, a comment if you would like. Uh, does help us climb the ratings. Uh, you know, I know the Magic are, are kind of winding down their season here, uh, but uh, still plenty to talk about, and I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about once we hit off-season mode uh, and begin trying to figure out where this team goes next. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily, and be sure to follow us uh, fo- follow us on Twitter at OmagicDaily, as well as like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. And, of course, check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com for the absolute latest on the Orlando Magic every single day. We'll be back again Monday with another episode of Locked on Magic. We will recap Friday's game against the Charlotte Hornets as well as Saturday's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The defending champions make their lone trip to the Amway Center on Saturday. We'll have a recap of those two games as well as begin to preview the three-game West Coast road trip uh, as the Magic will be out West taking on the Sacramento Kings on Monday as well. Until then... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, I want everyone to have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you all Monday on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.